to another episode of And When I Say I Mean, I am your co-host Adrian. And I am your other co-host Austin. Well, My voice is raspy today, so sorry okay. about that. I didn't notice, but... Oh, I've been eating cough drops all day. Nice. Halls? No, I just got... Uh, I went to the Health and Safety Center uh-huh. on campus for the first time. Wow. And uh, they gave me free discount cough drops. Free discount or... Like, they're like I got them for free. They're, they're, they're off-brand. Okay. Cherry, okay. unfortunately. Oh, cherry is the worst. Only, mm. actually, no, it's not the worst. Banana is the worst, and then cherry flavored. Nobody makes banana cough drops, I meant like, though. <laughs> I meant, like, banana-flavored things. Thank the, the Lord. <laughs> Anyways, okay. Now that my introduction got completely derailed. Yep, sorry about that. That's okay. Today, we will be talking about pretty much, like, one of the well, never, I'm not gonna say that because it's probably not. But the biggest movie right now, which is Black Panther. Um, if you haven't seen it, again, we're probably gonna spoil it. Um, we yeah, we are. So if you haven't seen it and you care about being spoiler free, honestly, it's hard to get into the movie theaters to see it right now at least where i am so uh, come to potsdam and that is not a problem <laughs> that's because nobody lives there yeah i um, was like oh i should see annihilation nope not showing anywhere for like 70 miles i don't even know what that is it's a movie coming out with uh it's it's by the person who directed uh ex machina wait is that the one that has um natalie portman uh oscar isaac no i was thinking of um loki no. Tom Hilston. Anyway, Black Panther. Black Panther. So we're going to spoil it. So if you haven't watched it and care about spoilers, pretty much just stop listening now and then go see yep. it and then come back. Yep. So. Those um, spoilers don't matter. So. Okay. Spoilers do matter, just not to you. Mm. Anyway. Anyways. So the question is, or the first question we're going to ask mm-hmm. Actually, the first question I'm going to ask is, did you like the movie? We I actually like, have both seen this movie, by the way, people. Yeah. Shocker. Um, which is weird. I did like the movie. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I have some nitpicks. Um, like, we'll get to it, but, I, like, I think there are ways it could have been better. Um, uh, but there are not a lot of ways it could have been better. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty excellent. As far as Marvel goes, yeah. it's, uh, it's it's pretty peak Marvel. Yeah, I I agree with that. I am really, if if it hasn't come across in in these episodes, you probably know from talking to me in person. I am not a big Marvel movie fan. Um, but Which is is weird that we keep talking about them. They are a cultural force. It's so it's such a big cultural thing. You have to talk about it almost. Um, you don't have to talk about it, but anyways. Um, but yeah, I really like. I really enjoyed this movie. Um, I think if you are a diehard Marvel fan, you might not like it as much. Although I talked to some diehard Marvel fans, and they really enjoyed it as well. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a, a really good movie, and I came out of it thinking, "Wow, this might actually be a good movie in general, not mm-hmm. even just a good Marvel movie." Um, so yeah, do we want to talk more about why we thought it was a good movie? 
Yeah. Uh, so one interesting thing that I learned, uh, Tanashi Coates, who I mentioned in our MLK podcast, I just learned that he is the current writer for Black Panther. Really? Um, yeah. And he is also like a frequent c- contributor to The Atlantic. So that was just weird wow. to me. Um, Coming full but, circle. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to start off by, well, what it does well. And I'm also going to have my complaints and what I think it could be better because um, that that's going to segue into what I want to be the next point is should it have been a, a standalone movie? Mm-hmm. So I think easily the best part of this movie is the villain or the antagonist, I guess, um, Eric Killmonger. He is an actual person, uh, which is nice for Marvel villains. He is. What do you mean by that? He's not uh, just like a blue alien or like a pale alien who is like, oh, my people have been. Uh, oppressed for all these years. Okay, that does actually kind of sound like him. It does sound but like Killmonger. He doesn't. Oh, okay. He does kind of want to take over the world. Mm, okay. Now that I'm saying this, <laughs> I'm like, wow. That's like every villain motivation, but it's uh, it feels more real mm-hmm. because um, African Americans are an actual extent group of people, not uh, the Cree or something, which are not real. So I don't really care about, uh, you know, an, an extermination of the Kree. Um, Who are the because Kree? The Kree are uh, Ronan the Accusers people from Guardians of the Galaxy, I guess is Volume 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you haven't seen that, not spoilers, because that's just like that's introduction just material. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so... His motivations, as I just said them now, do seem like every Marvel villain's motivations. But, but he has good different. he has good it, reasons. His goal isn't to take over the world. It no, uh, he says pretty explicitly he wants to take over the world. But but that's not his motivation. His motivation isn't him seeking power. Would you say? Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. It's restitution for right. the wrongs, the historical like actual historical wrongs done mm-hmm. to. Um, the African dysphoria. Right. His goal isn't to just gain power for the sake of him gaining power or there's resources or something. He Mm -hmm. really wants to just, he wants, it's in a sense, he's trying to give power back to the African people. But yeah, like it, it is explicitly at the expense of everyone else. Right. Right. Um, so yeah, I, he's he's easily the best part. Uh, I thought, so we're just going spoilers, right? Yeah. Full bore. The part where he dies, it was that was the best part of this movie, not because oh yeah the hero dies. Mm-hmm. It's just like wow, I, I'm there. He's dying right, watching the sunset. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, man, I really hope he doesn't die here. Let's keep him around for the next movie, and like I kind of want to see him work with T'Challa. Right to to build this better future, mm-hmm. and then he's just like no. Bury or yeah, d- um, bury my body in the ocean, with my ancestors who jumped off the slave ship because they knew Whoa. that death is better yep. than slavery. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh shoot, yeah, that was awesome. 
Yeah. I was like, okay, there's nothing better that he could have done right there. That was, right. that was, like peak his character. Absolutely mm-hmm. right decision. It was yeah, which may sound weird, but it, it was it was like great for him as a character, right. and just like he he just goes out leaving such a nagging persistence. Uh, so even when he's gone, he's still there, because right. right. you you know he he made that decision to go out. Right, and it and it completes his arc. Right, it it mm-hmm. makes sense in his as his character that that's how he would end. It, yeah. If if you've got to the end and and he was and after T'Challa gave him the you know offer, he like because he offered to like save him, right? Yeah. Basically, and say and hey, like like Siri could or I think that's her name. I don't know. Clearly, could because she like right. brings Martin Freeman back to life. Right. So like, but. For him to take that would be completely wrong for his character, yeah. um, and like destroy everything he stood for. So I, it does sound kind of weird, but I agree. Like it was just like good writing and good character. And I, like I think he's he's clearly the best part of the movie because he has sparked actual real world right debate and like people are like, yeah, Killmonger is right, and like so that okay, that is not the message of the movie. I think pretty clearly. But um, mm-hmm. the the struggle and um, just like the abandonment he feels and the the oppression that he feels is what many or most I don't know if most but many African Americans feel today. So like I, LeBron has made a bunch of statements saying like he he was he felt like cheated by Killmonger dying because he says. He, this person he's fighting for black liberation and he dies like mm-hmm. and it doesn't matter um an article that i read says what well, he does matter because he forces t'challa to change mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. he his presence makes t'challa a different person by the end of the movie right um which is not something many marvel villains have right there's there's nothing about them that ideologically challenges the heroes. Maybe who? Ultron and Iron Man. Maybe. I, I don't know. That that wasn't. That was him realizing that that wasn't War Machine's doing. Or not War Machine. War Machine is Rhodey. Uh, it wasn't whatever Jeff Bridges doing. It's him being captured by terrorists which is kind of Jeff Bridges doing but it's not that could have still happened without him right no and I, I so yeah I agree with that it is that but, is the but like using Ronan happen. as an example absolutely not Peter Quill does not he does not change from the beginning to the end of that movie he's just a fun yeah. guy right so that it was fun right but it, I don't care about Ronan. I'm not like when Ronan dies. I'm not like, wow, that was the greatest moment of this movie. Right. And I think I think that is what makes the movie good and possibly great. Mm-hmm. Um, is is that? And and we talked about it a little bit before, just like the balance 
right that they're kind of searching for yeah um, in this movie so if you're listening to this and you don't have any idea what goes on in this movie here's just oh, like yeah. a real quick brief synopsis basically the Lion King. t'challa king of wakanda which is this fictional country in africa who has this magical meteorite of Mm-hmm. vibranium which makes the country really rich and somehow they integrate it into all these technologies which yep. really doesn't make any sense to me at all but anyways super they're super advanced probably the most advanced country in the world um, but they remain hidden they keep all of this knowledge to themselves they don't want it to spread out to the rest of the world and that's their tradition and their tradition is to keep everything inside the walls of wakanda the rest of the world thinks Wakanda is just a third world country. Um, mm-hmm. And so they're worried about that being spread out or. So they don't, they don't take in refugees either. Yeah. They're just yep. isolationist. So then um, Killmonger is, so he, his backstory, he was like the son of, he, he is T'Challa's, cousin is that right yeah so he's cousin to the king his father was killed which would be t'challa's uncle was killed by t'challa's father so t'challa's father t'chaka t'chaka is his name killed his brother because anyways he he was trying to basically he's trying to do what killmonger wants to do right so now Killmonger. Which they saw as a betrayal of Wakanda. Right. Betray Wakanda, get it out, put it out into the world, um, essentially, and. Get vibranium people. to uh, African Americans or right. African people of African descent throughout the world. Right. right. Not just African Americans. Um, and so then Killmonger grows up, he becomes an absolute beast. Um, and now he's come to re basically do what his father was trying to do. Um, so he comes to do that. Comes, he has to claim the throne. Right. So he goes to T'Challa. Wakanda for some reason, the change of power happens through a physical battle yep. in Wakanda. Mm-hmm. Um, Killmonger um, looks like he has killed T'Challa. Although he doesn't. One thing, we'll side there. note. Hold side on. note. That's what I want to talk about when it should be. It should it be an independent movie. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about already? Yeah. Okay. I assume so. Okay. Well, then I'll just keep going. T'Challa, we think, has died because he fell off a waterfall. I'm about to sneeze, I think. Anyways. He, Spoilers. So, he's not dead. Right. Killmonger becomes the king. By the way, that is like my favorite shot in this movie when they start with the camera upside down as Killmonger is walking towards the throne and it Mm -hmm. slowly just eerily rotates to uh, like the right the right way up as he sits on the throne. It's it's like uh, the end of the Dark Knight when you start with the Joker upside down and then the camera just tilts and then suddenly the Joker is upside right um, and everything is just weird and wacky. Right, symbolizing the change of the and just like the unnaturalness. Right. So the wrongness. 
so as King Killmonger immediately starts to send weapons and vibranium out into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, T'Challa's sister and mother and girlfriend ish ish anyways they go find him mm-hmm. bring him back to life and he comes back big battle big battle you finally get your marvel battle mm-hmm. um you have to wait a long time um and then kills killmonger and we have that scene that we just talked about where he's at going into looking into the sunset and dying and that's pretty much the end of the movie but then at the end you see T'Challa with at the UN basically mm-hmm. um well you see that where he's sharing with the UN that they're going to be sharing all this information and then there's an end credit scene where he goes to um, Oakland Oakland California um and Which says, is where you know, Killmonger was raised. Right. That he's going to be creating research facilities and, like, basically teaching people the things that the Wakandanese, Wakandans? Wakandans, Wakandans I guess. Wakandans? Um, no. And basically spreading that information. Which, so, which is all vibranium-based. Right. It's, anyway. I don't really understand that, but we won't talk about that. Yeah, J- yeah. Because just that's for as another. a as a researcher, it's it's hard slash impossible to progress making as a researcher in isolation. So, the whole scientific dominance of Wakanda, I'm skeptical of. of but it you know it's fiction, it's fantasy. Right. So right. they can it, do what that, they want. Right. So, anyways, back to the balance that I was talking about. So. Throughout the movie, we see this this fighting, and it's kind of like an internal struggle for mm-hmm. T'Challa almost, where he's yeah. thinking, okay, we have these traditions of keeping to ourselves, keeping all of our um, information and technology to ourselves, because if, for basically to try to protect his people, because if the world finds out that they have tons of vibranium and new technologies, basically they're going to the world powers are going to come and attack them potentially, or that's the fear. But then just won't leave them alone. Right. But then you have Killmonger who's saying, look, our people have been mistreated for years. We need to use this power and technology and everything that we have as Wakandans, as Wakandans to help those people rise up and, and conquer the people that have been Mm -hmm. oppressing them. Um, and so the whole movie, you kind of see this going back and forth between like, who's actually right. Who's having more influence on the other. Well, Killmonger doesn't really change his mind at all. No, but, but you see, you see T'Challa slowly being pulled more towards the middle of of this debate. Well, and he he tell in the like his pivotal scene, he tells his ancestors that they were wrong mm-hmm. to stay isolated as Wakanda, um, and that they they should have been doing more to help the people that they they could have helped. Mm-hmm. Um, so I so I was I was asking myself the question: Would it have been better if it's not a Marvel movie? Mm-hmm. 
Um, before we go into answering the, th- the themes of the movie, do they actually work out? Um, and I was like, because the parts that I didn't like the most about the movie were the parts that were kind of forced on it by the Marvel Universe. Hmm. Um, I didn't like. I didn't like the fight scene at the end. I no. I was like, man, Killmonger is so interesting. We've already seen him and T'Challa fight. Mm-hmm. I'm I don't want like I just want to see them like try to settle their differences. Killmonger isn't really that kind of guy, but right. like even if I don't need the whole rhinos fighting people outside panther laser blasters things right. going on, I just want it to be this like intimate thing with T'Challa and Killmonger. Um, but you have to have you have to have the vibranium rhinos so that you can appease the Marvel fans. Right. So I was like, well, let's just let's just have a Black Panther movie that's not part of the MCU. But the nice part about it being the MCU, you get you don't have to have like any exposition in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, you you kind of already get your inciting incident for free from Civil War. Right. Because um, you start with the the assassination of. Um, to Chaka, and that's what drives the action of this movie. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't know. It's kind of a it's kind of a mixed bag because then you have to you have to do things with Claw and um, Ross or whatever Serkis his name is. Char- Andy yeah. Serkis character. Bilbo and Gollum, weirdly. Um, uh, the Tolkien white characters. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm cha. I heard that today. I thought it was really nice. good. Nice. Nice. Um, so you, like, you kind of had to do something with them just because of the, the momentum of the Marvel Universe. Right. Even though they don't play a very important role in the movie. Um, like, Martin Freeman has his sidekick hero moment. Um, right. But... Andy Serkis, I thought, was hilarious, and mm-hmm. like he was, he was having the time of his life apparently yep. in this movie. But he gets killed off by Killmonger earlier, and I'm like, okay, right. I can live with that because Killmonger's more interesting than Ulysses yep. Claw. Yep. Um. So I guess if I'm a, if I was, uh, Kevin Feige, who's he's the he's the person in charge of the continuity of the MCU, what I would have done is have Claw, because Claw has appeared in uh, Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see him in Civil War kind of working with Zemo. So have him implicated in the assassination of T'Chaka mm-hmm. so that when you see Killmonger working with Claw, you're like, oh, wait, did he... Was he actually responsible for the assassination right. of um, T'Chaka? Because really, I think what would be make the movie stronger is enforce the parallels of Killmonger and T'Challa even more. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have you have T'Chaka killed Killmonger's father. So T'Challa's fa- the Black Panther's father killed Killmonger's father. So now you have Killmonger t- killing. Uh, T'Challa's father, and then is coming mm-hmm. for T'Challa. Yeah, because it's really, it's it's um, it's kind of frustrating that uh, power struggles in royalty are so compelling. 
because uh, automatically you get all the power from being king and right. just the the familial bonds mm-hmm. both being just powerful narrative tools so uh it's like a weirdly shakespearean drama so i want it to be more of that mm-hmm. and less marvelly i want it to be like these the parallel or like anti-parallel lives of um T'Challa and Killmonger where both of them have lost fathers they're trying to deal with that um and they're trying to rule the countries in the way that they want to right so um it, yeah I'm so I think it it is nice that it's part of the Marvel universe because you can have exposition already done for you in a different movie, right. which I think doesn't help Civil War, but it does help Black Panther. Um, mm-hmm. But I I wish like this movie is bold in ways Marvel universe movies are not, but I right. want it to be more bold. This is just because I like dramas more than Marvel movies. So Action. it's a little bit of bias on my part. Yeah. But their, their characters are so compelling. And you've got so many, like, inner intertwining just threads and um, connections of these two mm-hmm. great characters. So let's uh, let's pull, pull on them some more. Let's, right. um, let's see some drama. Because, like... The most impactful scenes in this movie are not the fights. It's Michael B. Jordan, like, crying over his his father's ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, uh, you know, T'Challa telling his ancestors that they're wrong. Right. Um, it's not the fight. Because the fight's a bygone conclusion. Like, right. we started this movie with a preview for uh, Infinity War. Is this what you were going to say? Yeah. I so, think so, we start the trailer with Infinity War. T'Challa is the Black Panther in this yep. preview. So, yep. we're not getting any tension out of, ooh, is nope. T'Challa going to die? No, of course not. Uh, <laughs> There's literally... <laughs> I was like, the, preview the people just I was with, that. I, was li- I literally leaned over to them. I'm like, w- are we supposed to think that he's going to die here? We literally know that he's in the next movie. Like, There's literally no way he's dead right now. Yeah. Um. So, um, my other complaint is, um, they have T'Challa drop out of the out of like a good part of the the middle of the movie, pretending he's dead. Everybody knows he's not dead. Um, because we just saw the preview, even if right. we already knew, like, just that's how the movie's going to work. We, <laughs> I mean, we saw it. Uh, he's not dead. So, like, it's... And that's kind of... You lose that tension that you want to have mm-hmm. by it being in the Marvel Universe. So I say right. just don't even pretend he's dead and don't have him get rescued by random fishermen. Have him, like, let's follow him down this waterfall and have him, like, climb his way back. Because he, n- he, he never... Like, he doesn't achieve anything as not the Black Panther, which I, I think is that that should be something that he mm. does. Like, 
He shouldn't have to be the Black Panther to be the king, right? Yeah. Again, for those of you who are, for some reason, listening and didn't watch the movie, to become the Black Panther, you actually drink some type of serum made from a flower mm-hmm. that gives you like strength and superhuman strength and ability. Um, and for also you can that can be taken away mm-hmm. um, by a different so, elixir. Right. So for the fight when he fights Killmonger, it's like mano y mano. So in a way, he does fight some. He does. I mean, he still beats the guy at the beginning of the movie. But that's just a throwaway. Right. Um. So, anyways, I I could see that. I'm actually going to disagree with you. I think that the movie is only as bold as it is, and as good as it is because it because it's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. For for those reasons that you pointed out, right? So imagine if this movie is on its own, and you mm-hmm. have to do all of this backstory about T'Challa's the king. Um, why is there even this inciting incident with you know Andy Circus and all this stuff that's mm-hmm. happening? You have to you would have to explain all of that, which would take away that much more time from this character development, this battle that's going on between them. If if you have to tell that backstory, you you don't have any room for that um, at all. So, in a sense, like, sure, I'd, we'd love to see it be more bold in a way, but like, I think that it's good be because it's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You can go in; you don't really even have to explain. You they explain the the like tradition of the Black Panther in the first like. I don't know, five minutes. The voiceover maybe. part. Yeah. Which is great. Quick and easy. Mm-hmm. You already you already know the backstory because of um Civil War. Yep. And so you can just jump straight into this conflict between T'Challa and Killmonger. I mean, couldn't we have replaced the the let's introduce what the Black Panther suit sequence can do with the the James Bond? Couldn't we replace that with the assassination of T'Challa? No, T'Chaka. T'Chaka. You could, but but you don't. You have to even explain. You have to tell people what Wakanda is. Like if yeah. if you don't, if you're not in the universe, nobody even knows who the Black Panther is. Nobody yeah. knows who what Wakanda yeah. is. Nobody knows what vibranium is. Like you don't. You don't have these ties back to Captain America even, or or Ultron or Iron Man. Like even though those mm-hmm. people never show up in the movie. You're like, oh, vibranium. Like, this is where this is all coming from. Right. It ties it back in. Um, and I think that's what – that we're finally getting to the point I, where the Marvel Cinematic Universe is actually going to produce. Yeah. It's, it's actually paying off. We're actually seeing good movies um, because it's done this back work, right? You, you finally have finished creating the universe, and now I think that that's why this movie is so good is because – you're in the universe. You're you're not really containing yourself to the characters you've already created. Mm-hmm. There's no, there's hardly any, you know, old characters in this, and the only characters that are returning are very minor characters, except for um, T'Challa. Except for T'Challa, but he's still kind of a minor character in Civil War. I mean, yeah. how many guys are in that movie? <laughs> so like, so like, I th- I think. It, it does make it better that it's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe mm-hmm. because it allows them to pull it off. Yes, we'd love to see them be more bold, but for a super mov- superhero movie to be 
as bold as it is, like yeah. that's really impressive. And not only impressive, like it's it also gets a huge, larger range of people, right? So yeah. like, yeah, you have you have these. I was thinking about it because I'm also watching a lot of Oscar movies right now because Oscar season is going on. You have these these Oscar movies that are telling, you know, similar or potentially the same stories, like Get Out, for instance. Right. It's, it's not it was, quite. I thought it was interesting. The uh, the main character from Get Out is yep. uh, he's he's actually with Killmonger for right. most of uh, this movie. Right. So so you have. You have a movie like Get Out and you have a movie like The Black Panther. The Get Out is it's I, I it was okay. I I didn't personally like it, but it's wow, I think it's still racist. I know, I know. It's still I'm not saying it's not a good movie for that sake and like it's not an important movie, but like it's it's an Oscar nominated movie and not a lot of people are going to see it. Black Panther, on the other hand, compared to Black Panther, compared to Black Panther, yeah. Black Panther, on the other hand, is a huge movie. It's not; it might not be nominated for an Oscar next year. But Costume design, probably. But like, that's just a bone they throw those movies. But it's still an Oscar, right? But my point is, like, so many more people are going to see it. It destroyed yeah. records this past weekend, and like, I think that's. That's why it's better that it's in the Marvel Cinematic it's, Universe. It's pretty unbelievable. It has already outgrossed every single X-Men movie. Right. Uh, except Deadpool, which is kind of an X-Men movie. But, right. yeah. Um, I, yeah, I just wish the the Marvel Universe, it, it was less formulaic than it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it did break some of the formula here. Uh, T'Challa is... Like I, what I did like about this movie, uh, the breaking with Marvel cinematic tradition, this movie takes itself seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's like Cap Two, like serious things are happening. The characters are serious. They're not trying to make everything a joke. They're not undercutting right. everything. These are actually serious things. We're talking about serious things, whether it's like global surveillance or mm-hmm. what do we do about. Uh, traditional inequality and right. race relations um because i because i am a curmudgeon i like uh serious dramas <laughs> <laughs> and I, I want all movies to be like that but i i think that that the the reason we like that though is because it forces us to think right mm-hmm. and that's why i got out of the movie and was like this is probably my favorite uh marvel movie and even a good movie because it's it actually talks about something yeah it doesn't it doesn't you don't just see fighting and and lasers and robots right like that's great but like why i and we've talked about this before Mm -hmm. i'm sure but like i don't want us to settle for that right like if there's actually important things out there happening in the world another thing that this movie talked a lot about i think too is is like immigration right Um, right and again i don't really know i watched an interview with uh brian coogler Uh uh-huh or ryan coogler sorry the director um and he said that the quote uh we need to build bridges and not walls is mm-hmm. not a Trump reference because they wrote the movie like two years ago. And mm-hmm. uh, he said it's an African proverb that no one can take credit for. So, 
Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's why it's a good movie, not even just a good Marvel movie, is because it's it's asking it's asking difficult questions and, like, forcing us to um, come to an answer or, or at least think about it because I think so many times, especially with Marvel movies, is we're not challenged to think at all. Um, we're not really um, given any big controversial topics, I guess, to kind of debate and think about, um, which I think, again, is fine. But, like, entertainment just for entertainment's sake, I think, is is not necessarily not necessarily just, like, a positive thing. I think that our entertainment should actually cause us to think a little bit more. So, uh, I guess... What uh, does Black Panther end up saying? What does it answer the the question it's posing? Kind of with the structure of the movie. Um, mm-hmm. What what do you do about um, traditional uh, kind of ingrained inequality, um, which has kind of been a a driving question uh, for African Americans since uh, forever. Well, yeah. not okay for, it's not since forever but since um basically the founding of americas mm-hmm. um to try to use violence or legislation um and wakanda's weird right because it has right. so much power not traditionally held by african countries mm-hmm. or the african dysphoria right so does it does the movie answer the question? Is yeah, kind of what you're saying. I don't know. I I am right now thinking that it doesn't really answer the question. Um, maybe mm-hmm. we can discuss it, and my mind will change by the end of this episode. But I I got to the end of the movie and was like, yes, okay, you know, obviously T'Challa has changed, right? He's mm-hmm. he's breaking away from these traditions, and he is. He has been is now willing to share with the world essentially what they have. Um, so in a sense, it answers the question in that like the story comes to a completion. I think yeah. like the story comes to a good point. It's like okay, yeah, this is good. Like Wakanda has finally kind of mm-hmm. opened its borders in a sense, but not um, in an all-out war. right right but but to me it doesn't necessarily answer the question um it doesn't really i mean i guess maybe it's because we don't see what happens or we don't really see the payoff but it doesn't seem like he's really willing to let go of what they have quite yet i don't Mm -hmm. know i don't know to me it it doesn't it doesn't answer the questions in the real world because Wakanda doesn't exist. Right. Um, there is no African superpower to give aid and technology um, and like empower people from African descent throughout the world. So like Wakanda is coming from a place of power and often people from African African descent people in Africa are not coming from a place of a lot of power globally. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So can can you really say the answer is to give what we have and like uh share power with everyone right. if there's not that power in real life? Um so, like I'm I'm not saying oh yeah they should uh, rise up and overthrow the traditional oppressors and uh fight a big war because uh that would end badly for everyone um yeah I'll, yeah I'll, that would end badly for everyone uh but it, it kind of it's not just dependent on like like they kind of have a humanist message at the end by saying we're all one tribe and we all need to work together. Um, but it is coming from Wakanda's power. So um, I, I guess their answer is we need to stop viewing the things that divide us and seeing what we have in common. T'Challa says that uh, to the UN. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know, it doesn't answer the question for like what do you do as an African American? Um, it's like what do we do as people? Um, right, because it, it it can't be it can't be dependent on Wakanda because Wakanda doesn't exist. It has right. to depend on everyone else doing what they can. Yeah, and and throughout the movie, and feel free to disagree with me if you don't sure. think that this is true. But um, throughout the movie, I actually thought there were parallels between Wakanda and like the United States in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, and so if I'm thinking about it from that perspective, the idea of like Wakanda spreading its power is not something that can't happen, but it's more of like, okay, this is to the rest of America in a sense, right? The people who have power, how can they use that to to kind of what you were saying, Mm -hmm. like actually, um, yeah, not see what divides us essentially, but just like use that to help fight against the oppression i don't i don't Mm -hmm. really know like if that's what they were saying but like in the sense if wakanda is like essentially america and its power that it has over the oppressing african people like how then can the America turn around and say, okay, we're not going to just kind of be seclusive and shut our walls, but rather use what we have to actually support the people of the world. Yeah. But I like, it's a weird parallel because the U S does give the most aid. Uh, I'm pretty confident the U S gives the most aid of any country. Um, but it is also the most military intervening of any Mm -hmm. country Mm -hmm. except for maybe no, not even Russia. Right. Recently, anyway, um, so it's 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 more like how does the the U.S. deal with domestic problems, right? Not global problems, is how like Wakanda is talking about the African people mm-hmm. throughout the world, because um, right. the U.S. Has, has never really had a big problem since. Since the 1900s, the U.S. has not had a big problem intervening on the global stage. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But they have had a lot of problems doing things domestically. Right. Which is a little by design. 
Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, uh, I don't know. It's um, I mean, a, a movie is not going to solve every right. problem that right. uh, African Americans have. Um, but it does, like, it gets people talking, and, mm-hmm. like, um, really, the best, the best part, again, is Killmonger, and that he's so sympathetic, like, he, he lives in this broken world, and his only, like, the only recourse he sees is violence. Mm-hmm. Um, so how do we, how do we foster a world where that's, that's not, the only choice people have mm-hmm. or it's not the only choice people think they have right i'm hoping that's a rhetorical question and you don't want me to try to answer that uh i don't know if you <laughs> if you want to try to answer that i'm not going to stop you but it was it was more intended as a rhetorical question okay good i think too like just thinking about it now it's actually t'challa is really inspiring in this movie as well mm-hmm um, cause he, he's willing. So just like thinking about his arc, he's, he's raised one way. Yep. Thinking about, okay, like it's ingrained basically, basically nationalism. Like we keep everything in here, yeah. but then why he's so inspiring is he, he listens to Killmonger. Mm-hmm. He hears what he's saying. He hears this cry. Um, but then he doesn't. He's his reaction isn't uh, extreme. His yeah. reaction isn't yeah. to completely flip or to completely shut him down, right? He hears it, sees what he can do, like he, he and he pursues the best course of action. Yeah, yeah. That, but still allowing himself to be changed by Killmonger, mm-hmm. and I think that that's just really inspiring because I think a lot of times we fall into like one of two categories we either a just shut it down and be like nope we've already do- always done it this way it was raised this way we're gonna just forget what you're saying we're gonna stay in wakanda or the other side is where it's like okay yeah you're right let's go let's go fight everybody let's just go take take you know down everything and so usually and i don't i don't want to make blanket statements so usually the middle course is probably the best place to be in in this example i think it is right there's there's you can't have inaction but you can't have too much action i guess and and i think that that's just really inspiring to see how t'challa walks that line and does it really effectively so yeah it's it's nice to have t'challa as as kind of a real hero um he's He's not like the snarky, arrogant guy who uh, has everything going for him. He kind of does have everything going for him, mm-hmm. but he's not like a terrible person at the beginning right. of this movie. He's act- he starts as a hero, um, which weirdly is not something that you see a lot of in mm. the MCU for being mm-hmm. a superhero movie uh, or right. a superhero universe. Like uh, Captain America is like the only consistently heroic person um in the MCU but now T'Challa is uh he's pretty consistently heroic but uh, like he like he stands by his convictions but he he isn't so um rooted in them that he's unwilling to change right um which isn't what doesn't 
yeah, that's not a well-represented person in the MCU, which is bizarre. Or even, like, in the world today, right? We don't yeah. really see yeah. a lot of people who are willing to stand on tradition but also be willing to change. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe we are, but I, I don't think, by generally speaking. By and large, it's not a, a common thing. Right, right. All right, so what's our final impressions final takeaways um it was it was good uh if if more movies uh try to be like black panther uh, i think movies are better for it mm-hmm. um so take yeah take whatever genre or um franchise or whatever you're you're in or trying to be in and uh don't just settle for for like retreading the ground take take what you've got and elevate it to ask like it, it meaningful questions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah because i would agree it's it's marvel has found itself in a good spot right now mm-hmm. not only not only are they just gonna make lots of money Clearly. every single time they make a movie but like in this case right they they were bolder Mm-hmm. In, in what they were saying and it paid off for them they did very well um and so yeah i i would say it, it's a good movie and possibly even just possibly a great movie um and i think that again yeah i would hope that marvel continues to kind of push the envelope now that it it's it's kind of a safer environment and actually when you're talking about just kind of different franchises i was thinking about star wars even like this did remind me a lot of the last Jedi actually just thematically right but not even that but also like what if with these standalone movies right like solo Mm -hmm. like I don't expect them to ask any difficult questions in that movie right it's just gonna be it's just gonna be like a A space romp right but like what why not like you're you're gonna have an audience for it no matter what so like use that to actually like say something important so that's why this movie is a good movie and you should go see it and not only see it, but actually like talk to people about it afterwards. Don't just go with your friends and be like, Oh, that was good. I liked the rhinoceros, but like actually sit down and be like, yeah, what, what's the takeaway from this? Yeah. Cause the rhinoceros is the worst part. Um, <laughs> and if you, uh, yeah, if a movie's asking questions, but no one tries mm-hmm. to answer them, then why even ask questions? You might as well yeah. have fun space romps with uh, Daenerys and whoever else is in that movie. Solo. Well, there you have it. Austin, what is your recommendation for this week? So uh, my recommendation for this week is uh, we're going to get back to normal obscure book recommendations from Austin. Uh, it is going to be uh, Hunger by uh, the name of the author I will... S- I'm going to say it horribly. It's um, Knut Hansom, maybe? C-N-U-T-H-A-M-S-O-N or something like that. He is uh, from Norway. Um, and the book is called Hunger. He wrote it in 1880 which is, I th- I'm pretty confident, the year Dostoevsky died, which is interesting because it feels very, um, the style is like uh, 
just it feels so much like Dostoevsky, but like with a mm. a weird folksiness that like John Steinbeck has. Because um, I don't think anyone would accuse Dostoevsky of being folksy. Um, <laughs> but he the the author he has such an interesting life. He was a failure for a long time as a writer, um, and lived in America for a while, um, in the Midwest. So if he eventually did win the Nobel Prize. Um, so hmm. he didn't he wasn't a failure for his whole life as an author. But um, Hunger is kind of autobiographical in that way. It's about a guy who is struggling to be a writer. Um, but it's it's really his refusal to do anything else. And he, he has just like this weird arrogance that keeps him being humiliated, kind of. Because um, he'll, he'll see something, and then in his mind he's already done it, and it's set in stone, and it's happened like he has a job. But he really, then he takes no action to make it happen. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of the novel is him just like starving, wandering through the streets. So it's bizarre. I picked it up at the book sale because the book sale is awesome. Um, in the back it said, uh, the author, he was fed up with novels of his time because he thought they were uh, too plot-driven and focused on character caricatures. And I was like, wow. This guy sounds like the guy from me. Uh, <laughs> turns out it was it was true. So I read it in like a day. It's only like two hundred pages. So Hunger by Handsome, maybe. There you go. Uh, my recommendation is for a band called I'm with Her. It's a new band that i just randomly stumbled upon this week um they have anyways the the group started it's it's three women who like met they were like touring individually they've all done individual stuff but then they just like randomly started doing stuff as a trio um on tour and then they went on tour with the you know mm-hmm. as a as a group and then just decided to ha- say hey we're actually going to be a band so um, why I like them a lot, um, is that they def they definitely have a couple of great things. One, first off the bat, they just have incredible harmonies. Um, they just absolutely kill it, um, in that regard. But also they are very, I'm going to say they're bluegrassy. I think they're technically like, I forget what they were labeled as, but it was like, new age country or something or like folk stomping holler or something like that something something like that but yeah here it is folk it's not really folk rock or alt country it's definitely like it definitely has a bluegrass feel to it um lots of violins mandolins guitars all pretty much acoustic so it's not a it's not a group of hillary clinton impersonators um no no mm-hmm. um, they don't look like Hillary Clinton okay that's probably okay um <laughs> but yeah I I have enjoyed them this week and if you're looking for a bluegrassy mandoliny violiny beautiful harmonies 
check out I'm With Her and their new album, See You Around. All right. Uh, so thanks for joining us. Uh, see you again next week. Yeah. We will see you next week. Also, Black Panther. Just, just watch that. If if that wasn't yep. like clear, I'm just gonna say that's that's also a recommendation. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That goes without saying, mm-hmm. probably. But just to make it. sure, <laughs> sneak it in there. All right. We'll see you next week. Yep. Mm-hmm.